You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1187 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Saturday evening into Sunday. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with all the props, odds, and lines, and everything that you need. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's podcast will break down what became a nice blowout win in breezy fashion for the Atlanta Hawks, a final score of 127 to 100 over the Raptors at Tampa Marina on this Saturday evening. I am on the road, so please excuse any uh, weirdness on this podcast, but I want to get it out to you as fast as possible because I know Hawks fans enjoy the podcast more when the team wins. That's just the reality of the situation, and uh, we'll dive into the game now. So sort of as a broad takeaway from this one, the Hawks you know, had a shaky-ish start, had some huge runs, and that was really the story of this one. The Hawks had their first big run. It was an 18, an 18-0 run in the first half. They had a 19-1 run in the third quarter. And at one point, there was a 59-18 to 18 extended run by the Hawks in this game, a 41-point swing from down 12 to up 29. And that tells the story of this game. The led by 32 points in the final minutes of this contest. So uh, it ended up being kind of a breezy one. Might be a little bit of a shorter podcast as a result of that, but that's not a bad thing if you are a Hawks fan. So um, coming into this night, the Hawks had an advantage on the rest situation because Toronto played on a back-to-back. They played in Charlotte on Friday. They actually got smoked by the Hornets on Friday, so there was a little bit of a less, let's say, rigor um, used by the Raptors in that game, but still an edge for the Hawks who had not played since Thursday, although Atlanta had, was 0-2 against Toronto this season before Saturday's game and still playing without John Collins. Uh, Collins has missed now the last five games in a row. He was ruled out a day early for this one. That's not ideal. Um, also kind of an indication that the doubtful listing that he had on Thursday was kind of silly. He was never going to play in that game, uh, and he was obviously ruled out a full day ahead of this one. Nate McMillan told Kevin Chenard of Hawks.com on Saturday that Collins is doing a little bit more every day and how he, how he responds will determine his return to the floor. But he's been doing a little bit more physically, it seems, movement-wise than the previous days. That's definitely a good sign. But um, still without him at this point, and also Lou Williams did not play in this game with left hip discomfort. Kevin Knox was questionable ended up playing a little bit with illness. DeAndre Hunter returned after missing the second half on Thursday. Um, also a brief note here, Sharif Cooper, who's been in the G League, still is, but actually missed College Parks game on Saturday with a right thumb sprain, so a little bit of housekeeping there. On the Raptors side, OG and Anobi missed this game for Toronto. That's an obvious, uh, an obvious loss for a team that does not have a ton of depth. There were guys on the injury report, but that was, he was the only major absence for the Raptors. And about by tip-off, I would say the Hawks were three-and-a-half-point favorites according to our friends at Battleline.ag, and that's uh, obviously the spot in which uh, you know the Hawks were favored in this game, as they should have been with the rest situation at home, etc. But that's not a guarantee of anything, as we've seen in recent days for the Hawks, and they took care of business in this one. At the outset, it's kind of a slow start. It was a 7-2 deficit after the first like two and a half minutes of this game by the Hawks. They had a 12-0 run, though. After that, Herter hit a three, Gallinari hit a three, Capella was flying around. Gallo kind of pulled the chair on Scotty Barnes defensively, which is kind of funny in the post. Gallo was uh, pretty crafty. He's not great defensively, but that was a crafty moment that he had as a veteran. Uh, Trey Young had a better start and uh, obviously was fantastic throughout this one. He got to his spots wherever he wanted to, created pass lanes for his teammates, made his first four shots in this game. And by the way, he had more field goals 
in the first three minutes, uh, four minutes of this game than he had all of Thursday. So uh, Trey got a, a sort of a get right spot there for him. But the one downturn of the entire evening for the Hawks was a 16-0 run they allowed to the Raptors. It is hard for a team to lose by 27 points in a game and also have a 16-0 run, but the Raptors did in the first quarter. Um, and kind of predictably in some ways, it's not always this way, but often at times a team on a back-to-back will have a solid start, a good start, and then kind of run out of gas. That might happen a little bit to the Raptors in this game, but um, the Hawks actually were losing at the end of the first quarter in a game they led led by 32 and won by 27. Uh, rotationally, it was Bogdanovich is the first sub, Okongwu after that. Toronto's kind of a bad matchup for Gallinari in some respects, as well as Capella a little bit as well, because they, they play a little bit smaller than most teams do. Uh, without Inanobi, they, they did play more of a center in this game than usual, but they had been playing pretty small for a while. DeLon Wright was the primary backup point guard, as well as playing some, some alongside Trey Young. And really the only non-rotation minutes – um, sorry, the only guys that played that were not in the normal rotation, Kevin Knox played two minutes in the first half, and that was basically it. The Hawks used eight guys for the rest of the competitive portion of this game. Um, but again, sort of a, a really ugly moment or two in that 16-0 run by the Raptors. In fact, Toronto had a 142 offensive rating in that first quarter. They hit five threes, and the Hawks were playing well on offense, but they could not get a lot of stops early in this game. As I mentioned before, they brought in Kevin Knox for about a two-and-a-half-minute stint at the beginning of the second quarter. Sorry, at the, at the end of the first quarter. And really, it was kind of all – that was all it for, for him, let's just say. Um, Precious Achua is not great, by the way, but he had a big dunk in this game that should be uh, lauded over a Kongwu that uh, actually turned some heads, I would say. McMillan got a technical foul early in the second quarter for a traveling call on DeLon Wright. Um, first of all, I think Nate was right about that call, but he definitely lost his mind briefly on that one. Uh, there was a bald line moment, though, because the free throw was missed by the Raptors. And then Toronto just kind of stopped scoring. Um they had six points actually in a quick period of time in the second quarter to go up by 12. So the Hawks were down by 12 early in the th- early second quarter at that point. And just to circle this at that point, which of course a lot, basically the rest of the game went much better for the Hawks, let's just say. But at that point, Toronto in the last two and a half games against the Hawks, so the first three minutes of the season for the Hawks, they were shooting 55% from three in those games. They came into the night. 35-63 from three in the first two games against the Hawks, and then they were bludgeoning the Hawks from three-point range, and then it just kind of stopped from that point forward. I think they made two more threes the rest of the night, and it was smooth sailing for Atlanta. But the Hawks were down 12, but immediately when that happened, it was an 18-0 run by the Hawks, which followed up their big run from the first quarter. Uh, Trey came back in the middle of that and had, a, had sort of a big part in it. Um, Okongwu had a huge block that sort of kicked up, kick-started fast break for a layup. He played about 11 straight minutes, was really good, Okongwu was. Um, it was 11-0 before a timeout, and the Raptors – just could not score. Like I said before, they, they didn't score for more than six minutes of clock time. And that's hard to do in an NBA game. A crazy half of runs on both sides, but especially with the Hawks having two of those. And they led by eight at the halftime break because of that push. Um, overall, in the first half, it was sort of a weird disposition on the defense. They did very well on the defensive glass. And the Raptors shot 13 of 32 on two-point attempts in the first half, which is kind of funny. That's how that's how bad that was. They were still hot from three. At that point, but that was kind of all they could really do was shoot threes in the first half. And the Hawks shot 67% from two in the first half. They were very effective. Got to live 17 times. Trey had 25 and a career high 11 field goals in the first half. He was getting to the line, getting to the end of the lane. He was getting whatever he wanted inside the arc in this game, really the entire way, especially in the first half. And uh, the Hawks flipped the script a little bit, but still, it was not a blowout. At halftime, they were up by eight. That's a good margin, but nothing was assured at that point in time. Obviously, the rest of the game 
went exceedingly well for Atlanta, headlined by the third quarter, which we'll get to in a moment. But before we cover that and everything else from this contest, a word from our sponsors on the show today. By this time of year, I'm usually in the spot where I'm giving up on all of my resolutions for the new year. But this time around, I'm sticking my resolution to eat right, and that's because of Built Bar. Honestly, it feels like it's not even really a resolution for me because I actually enjoy eating Built Bars. And for the protein-infused puff bars, they're fantastic. You have all the other flavors and all the other fan favorites from Built Bar. Each and every Built Bar has 100% real chocolate, and that makes it a huge difference, honestly. They taste great, and they're fantastic. On top of that taste, they have low calorie and high protein. You can easily replace your candy bars with Built Bars, both in taste and to improve your nutrition. Go to Built.com right now. Check out the nutrition page. You'll be absolutely blown away with what you see. Most Built Bars have only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein with a low calorie count. In terms of flavors, Built Bar has some favorites like coconut almond, mint brownie, and also a new flavor this month. It's white chocolate cookies and cream. That is fantastic. And each flavor is delicious. They have new flavors coming all the time. And the best way to find out everything you need about Built Bar is to go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. If you do that, you have 15% off on your order with Built Bar. That's promo code LOCKED15, 15% off at Built.com. All right, and the third quarter was, again, the blowout favorable quarter for the Hawks. It was 38-16. to 16 overall in the third, which kind of tells the story. In fact, the middle two quarters of this game were 72 to 37 in favor of Atlanta, which is, uh, that's how you get to a blowout win, let's just say. And the half started out with a 7-0 run by Atlanta, go by 15 points in a hurry. Later in the third quarter, Trey scored seven straight around a timeout by the Raptors to push the lead up, to, up, back, up back up to 18. At that point, he had 34 points on 15 of 18 shooting. And was 14 of 16 on twos. And usually, you know, Trey's pretty good from two for a small guard. But still, that's pretty wild uh, given how uh, much he had been attacking in this game. And he finally made a three in the third. That was his first three of the game, uh, which was kind of midway through the third quarter. And that began, his 7-0 run began a 19-1 to overall run by the Hawks that broke the game open completely. They went from being uh, comfortably ahead to blowout fashion to go up by 29 points with four minutes to go in the third. I mentioned it before. I want to emphasize this one more time. It was a 59-18 to 18 extended run for the Hawks in this game. They went from down 12 to up 29, 59-18. That is a wild stretch against a good Raptors team. And the offense was great during that period, obviously. Trey was brilliant, etc. But the defense was also quite good. Capella was excellent in the third quarter. Hunter played well. Um, in this game as well. And the Hawks led by as many as 32 points late in the third quarter, going up by 30 at the end of the third. They scored 104 points in the first three quarters, uh, which tells the story of the game pretty much. And just the third quarter alone, by the way, 70% from the floor, 5-7 from three, 5-5 five, five at the free throw line. Every single starter was plus 19 or better in the third. The numbers were pretty crazy through three quarters overall. And again, the game is basically over at that, that point. I won't say that it's 100% over, but it's more like 99% when you're up by 30 at the end of the third. Again, 104-74. The Hawks had a 137 offensive rating through three quarters. They shot 61% from the floor at that point, 10 of 22 from three, 18 of 22 from the free throw line. Trey had 37 and 11 at the end of the third, and they were holding the Raptors to less than a point per possession, which tells the story in a big way. Obviously, the fourth quarter was not um, terribly consequential. Let's say um, they were comfortably leading the entire way. I will say they sat out the fourth quarter. Sorry, the beginning of the fourth quarter, Trey was on the bench as usual. They went with Herter, Bogdanovich, and Gallinari with the lawn and a Kongwu. And they were trying to win the game right there, let's just say. They did not pull their starters for a long, long time. Hunter came back in pretty early. They didn't go back to Knox till garbage time, etc. But the Raptors were kind of chipping away a little bit. It got, it got down to 21 with about eight minutes to go. 
couple of quick possessions by the Hawks offensively, which did not need to happen. There was one that was a gallow. It was a decent, it was a decent look to be fair, but they were kind of just sped up at that point in time. I thought the ball handling was pretty spotty at times in that stretch. Toronto is very uniquely um, set up to be able to press and put on pressure full court and three quarter court, et cetera. Seemed to bother the Hawks a little bit. And they almost turned it over right after that as well. They kind of had to bring Trey back in the game, which I'm sure they didn't want to do that. And honestly, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, up by 30 at the end of the third, you want to have Trey never come back. That's the goal at that point in time. But uh, he had to come back in with about seven minutes to go or so because um, the Hawks hadn't scored. They only had, only, only had three points in the first five minutes of the third quarter, uh, sorry, the fourth quarter. And the lead was still very comfortable. I want to stress that it was at no point was there actually a threat by Toronto, but it was just, just close enough. The way I tweeted it during the game was like the Hawks played just poorly enough, like narrowly poorly enough to, to have to bring Trey, Trey back in the game. And honestly, I was okay with that. Usually I'm someone that criticizes or at least questions Nate for kind of putting the pedal to the metal a little bit too much at times in the second half, but Trey needed to come back in that game. I think at that point in time, it was getting a little bit, a little bit shaky. Let's just say um, execution was not quite the same in the fourth quarter overall, but they did finally push it back up to, I believe 29 at one stage in the fourth quarter. Once Trey stabilized things, Herder was playing well as well, and the starters were really good all night long. So no no concerns down the stretch. In fact, the question I just said, the Hawks needed to push, push this game away. I thought they played the starters probably two minutes too long, three minutes too long, something like that. Trey stayed in for probably an extra couple minutes. That's Nate, that's Nate McMillan. Um, let's just say making sure they were going to win this one. And I will say I understand that because the Hawks needed to win this game, especially with all, all of what transpired during the game, to have a blown lead and have that momentum kind of be quelled I understand trying to finish the game off and they, they went ahead and did that. So no criticism there whatsoever. And uh, again, it was never really close down the stretch. And once they were able to clear the bench with about three, three and a half minutes to go, it was garbage time. And it was a uh, beautiful thing at that stage. So broadly speaking, the offense was quite good in this game, a 128 offensive rating when the stars left the floor for the last time, really the competitive portion, it was more like 130 or, or, or higher for the whole game, 58% from the, from the floor, 48, 42% from three. Excellent shooting throughout this contest. A 68.5 true shooting percentage. That is excellent by any description. 27 assists and 12 turnovers for the Hawks. That's very good on both sides. Not like uber elite in either category, but uh, better than average, for, even for a good, a good Hawks offense. They're passing the ball well, um, doing whatever they wanted to do, honestly. They didn't do a whole lot on the offensive glass in this game, but they didn't have to. Just to be fair, they didn't really have to do that um, given the way they were shooting. I thought Trey Young made a good point after the game about kind of how the Hawks had to fix and sort of sift through Toronto's defenses throughout this game and figure out what the Raptors were going to be doing defensively. Um, you know, Nick Nurse is very creative. They do a lot of things defensively that are pretty interesting. Um, and the Raptors also probably lost their gas pedal a little bit in, the, in this one as well on the back-to-back. But once the Hawks kind of had the light come on and figure out what they were going to do from Trey Young on down – they couldn't be stopped by the Raptors in this game. So they were in that groove. Something this Hawks team is capable of. When they are good on offense, they are good on offense. We saw that in this game. Um, defensively, they held the Raptors to less than a point per possession in the whole game. It was even better than that before garbage time set in. The Raptors were three of their last 19 from three-point range in this game, which tells the story. They finally cooled off. Again, I mentioned this before, but during this game, they were shooting 55% from the, for the season against the Hawks in three games. So they finally cooled off, and that was a very helpful. For the full game, 40% from the floor, 31% from three for the Raptors. Um, good good defense there. 48% true shooting for Toronto in the game. 44% from th- from two. Uh, not a whole lot to complain about, honestly, defensively. I think, the Hawks, I think after the first 
I don't know, eight minutes. The Hawks were pretty excellent on defense throughout this one. And uh, that's a very, very positive sign. So overall, I will just say the Hawks, you know, played lights out in this game. They were due for one of these. They needed to get one of these victories. You know, I mentioned this on Thursday's podcast, but if you're new listener, you might have missed it. Um, the Hawks needed to put this put this game away in, in a big fashion. Obviously, they could have won on Thursday in Chicago. It was a game in a vacuum. It was not a bad loss, but the one that they probably needed to steal and to come back and, at home and hold serve when you're favored and, and, and you're quote-unquote supposed to win against a good Raptors team that you're competing with, by the way. You want to catch the Raptors in the standings. And uh, winning this game in this spot with a schedule fair, uh, fairly uh, advantageous, let's just say, in this game, uh, was a good sort of taking care of business opportunity for the Hawks. We'll get into a lot more in terms of the standings and some player observations after the break. But first, a word from our sponsors. Football is now over for the season. And honestly, a lot of people that love football, it's kind of brutal not to have it in our lives. But basketball is in full swing right now with both pro and college hoops. And that is fantastic. From all the latest odds, totals, player props, future bets, and more, BetOnline.net remains the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline is also the best spot for sports scores, for podcasts, and for news throughout the season. And it's not just about basketball coverage at BetOnline. BetOnline has hockey, they have boxing, UFC, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing, baseball when it actually happens, and much more, as well as entertainment options and information that you need to feed your sports betting life. Check out the website or use mobile device right now to learn more about all the action at BetOnline. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we'll dive in now to the player performance evaluation portion of the podcast. And the bench was uh, pretty slim, we'll say. They, like I said before, they only played eight guys for the most part. Um, the, the crew of Jalen Johnson, TLC, Skylar Mays, and Gorgie Jang came in for the, for the final three minutes. So nothing really to add on that front. Uh, Kevin Knox played two minutes of um, rotation minutes. Let's, just, let's, let's be fair about that. But he was still clearly, you know, nine of nine, to be fair, in the uh, rotation. I know there's a nightly anger from Hawks fans that he is playing over Jalen Johnson. I won't do this every night, but I, I totally understand the uh, frustration there. But Knox was just you know, not a huge factor, let's just say. Um, on the bench, DeLon Wright, six points, three rebounds, an assist, and a block shot for DeLon. Two or two from the floor, and they were both three-pointers. He did his job in this spot. Bogdanovich, 14 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals. He is still playing very well in the last month since he came back from injury, which, by the way, was exactly a month from today on Saturday the 26th. So uh, he played very well, I thought. Akongwu was excellent in this game. 17 points on perfect shooting from the floor, 6-6, six 5-6 six, six at the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 3 blocks, a steal, and an assist. I think it's a good matchup for him. I guess the Toronto team that relies on its speed, they're a little bit smaller. But Akongwu rebounded the ball well, which is a very good sign for him. He needs to be able to do that more often. But he played great on offense, played great on defense, um, lots of flashes, and uh, he was a big factor for the Hawks in the positive front in this game. Um, to the starters, uh, the only guy who really struggled in this spot was Gallinari, which is not, not a huge surprise to me. If there's one guy on the roster you would say is a bad matchup for, it's Gallinari. You can say the same about Capella to some extent, but Capella is still a great defender no matter who's playing against him. Gallinari, just dealing with the speed and the athleticism of Toronto is not great, and he was also one of nine from the floor. So he needed to, sh he needed to shoot well to be a huge plus in this game, and he didn't. So uh, I'm not going to pick on Gallo too much, and they blow out win, but he was not very good, let's just say. Overall, did a, free, did a free assist and a steal and a block. He was frisky. He had the one uh, sort of pull the chair out moment on Scotty Barnes in the first half defensively. But I thought he played okay, just didn't shoot well and uh, wasn't a huge plus as a result of that. Elsewhere, uh, Hunter, I thought, played well. He cooled off from the floor but was plus 33 in 38 minutes 
14 points, four rebounds, four assists. That's some nice passes, actually. And not, not a strength of his usually, but a couple of good looks from DeAndre in this game. Two of four from, from three. Um, got to the line six times. Only uh, two of seven on twos. And it's been a little bit of a struggle for him inside the arc this entire season. But I thought he was a, a genuine plus in this game. Good to see him play well after some shaky outings. And he was also left the game, of course, on Thursday with the illness. So no signs of that in this spot. Uh, Kevin Herter had 14 points in 29 minutes. Made four threes, was four of seven from three. Good to see him shooting the ball well. Four rebounds, three assists. Good ball moving, uh, good defense, I thought, from him uh, in this game. And uh, on, Gary, on Gary Trent Jr., for instance, I thought he played well overall. Uh, Capella didn't play a ton, which I think is, makes some sense because the Congo was r- really playing well in his own right. But I thought Capella's third quarter stint was just excellent stuff. Eight points, nine rebounds in 18 minutes. Four or five from the floor. Um Two blocks and a steal just was really good defensively, even in a, sort of a challenging matchup. And whenever he played with Ken Birch, he just dominated Ken Birch, which is not, not, a huge, not a huge surprise necessarily, but Capella played quite well. And then we'll end out with Trey. Uh, Trey Young was phenomenal in this game 41 points, 11 assists, four rebounds, had a steal, had a block he was credited with, 16 of 20 on twos, six of six from the, from, the, from the free throw line, only one of four on threes, which is the only sort of uh, substandard mark for him. In this game, but 41 and 11, and he was really, really good. And obviously, he struggled so badly by his standards and really by any standards on Thursday. He was pretty brutal. So to see him bounce back like this, no one's surprised. He's supposed to do this. He's a, he's a superstar player, but uh, he really was brilliant in this game. Also, his 46th career 30-10 game that passes Isaiah Thomas for number nine all number nine all time. Also, he's number nine all time in 40-10 games. And again, Trey Young is very young. He still has not started his second contract yet. And to be in the top 10 in the history of the NBA in 30-10 games and 40-10 games is wild stuff. So, Trey Young, very, very good at basketball. With that said, we covered the entire game in retrospect. But again, one more time, a really, really good performance. I don't know if it was flawless because the first quarter was not fantastic. But from the second quarter on, it was really kind of dominant and uh, really good to see the Hawks kind of turn it on like that. With the win, they're now 29-31. and you know, not great after six games, but sole possession of 10th place right now. Two games ahead of Washington for the 10th spot to avoid the missed playoffs altogether. And uh, given where Wizards are and my feelings about the Hawks roster, I think they're pretty safe, honestly, in that race. They are a half game behind Charlotte for ninth in the East. They're two and a half games behind Brooklyn for eighth in the East. Three and a half games behind Toronto, who they just beat for seventh place. And But unfortunately, still six full games behind Boston for sixth place with 22 to play. And honestly, it's not over, but uh, I, I would not be looking too much at the sixth spot. I'd be looking at trying to get in that 7-8 matchup. And uh, the sixth six spots, basically, the Hawks have to go, like, I don't even know, 19-3, and three, something like that, to uh, get out of the play-in, let's just say. So I think play-in's probably realistic at this point, but a good win nonetheless. From here, the Hawks go to Boston. That's a Tuesday night game. It's a TNT game. That's a very showcase kind of spot. Of course, they, they just lost a lead in Boston on an ABC game on a Sunday afternoon on Super Bowl Sunday less than two weeks ago. So a chance for revenge there. But Boston, as I just said, is playing very well. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a really, really tough spot. We'll see if Collins can return in that game. We'll circle that one for him. And maybe he can, he can return for that. If he can't play, the sledding gets very difficult, let's just say. And the Hawks will not be favored in that game, barring some injury stuff to Boston. After that, they'll be home for Chicago. 
that's a rematch of the game that just happened one week later, except it'll be actually at State Farm Arena this time around. So a couple couple more challenging games for the Hawks on the schedule, but a big win on this Saturday evening. I know this will be a little bit of a shorter podcast than usual, but considering the blowout nature of the game, it's also a weekend, etc. I'm on the road. I wanted to at least get you something on the podcast feed sooner rather than later. I was going to wait till Sunday, but the time and sort of the uh, the seas parted for me. I was able to get some content up on the feed, so hopefully that is appreciated. And uh, obviously, people enjoy usually the podcast more when the Hawks win than when they lose. The downloads go up all that fun stuff, and uh, I totally understand all of that. One final plea before I get out of here on this Saturday into Sunday is that the Hawks, uh, of course, this Lockdown Hawks podcast, I should say, is on YouTube at this stage. We are now on YouTube. Even if you're not, if you're not a huge video co- podcast consumer, and I know I'm not necessarily either, it takes two seconds to go ahead and hit the like button and the subscribe button, more importantly, on our Lockdown Hawks YouTube page. These The links in, in, is in our subscription. Um and the, and the description to this podcast. Also, you can find it at Locked on Hawks on Twitter. I always tweet out the links to Apple, Apple and Spotify and our direct stuff at Megaphone, which is the hosting site for this podcast. But YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, we're like to in the podcast. Definitely support us. But right now, my higher-ups, my bosses, tell me that YouTube descriptions are huge. So go ahead and subscribe. Subscribe to the show there and support the podcast in the best way possible. Follow me on Twitter if you'd like to, at BT Roll. And again, follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on Hawks, and we'll see you next time.